0: The what's up everybody and welcome back to the real a moving picture podcast where we do movie reviews tell you what's in the queue and break down a couple of film and tv shows my name is honestly tajay
1: i'm chocolate bimbo
0: <laughs> and yeah that's that Um, I know we have a hiatus, um, but we're finally back because we got some news to share with you all. Um, I mean... Oh, before we dive into the topics, we gotta we gotta do the you know spiel every time. If you don't already follow us on our socials at the Real Film Pod, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Real Film Pod, like our Facebook page, and subscribe to this YouTube channel. If you got some things you want us to cover or take note of, definitely leave them below in the comment section or shoot us a DM, and we'll be more than happy to cover it in our episodes. All right, you ready?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it.
0: All right, so I figured why not talk about the most interesting thing that's going on right now, or at least I heard of, was some quarantine projects. So right now, we're obviously aware, if you don't know, I don't know where you have been, but obviously, we are in a global pandemic right now due to the COVID-19 coronavirus, and so it seems like the world is trying to be on pause or... Everything else is taking a pause, specifically the film and television industry. So things that were once in production have taken a pause or things that, you know, required a lot more technical aspects are being stalled a little bit until we can see some shining light at the end of the tunnel in regards to the pandemic right now. But with the offset of that, we've been able to check out a couple of a couple of notable projects, um, you know, Listen to podcasts, ultimately create, create from you know our homes or from small groups of people. Mask applied, of course. But one news that I heard in relation to quarantine projects is from Zendaya Coleman. So recently Zendaya Coleman's news is
1: Coleman. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Okay. So recently uh, Zendaya Some news have come out that Zendaya has bankrolled a quarantine project titled Malcolm and Marie, starring herself and John David Washington. And um, it's also going to have, it also has the director of Euphoria involved in the project as well. It was a quaint. Yes, it was a quaint project in regards to them filming at her house. Um, She uh, was one of the largest people to bankroll the project. And they said there's no many, not too much details surrounding the project other than the fact that it is supposed to be a love story that is kind of reflective of the marriage story that had hit Netflix and had all the accolades and nominations, but also will cover some like timely issues that we are experiencing right now. And so, yeah, it I'm it excited that. to see this. Was, I'm excited.
1: It says in Zendaya reached out to Sam Levinson. Mm-hmm. And within six days, he wrote a script.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they filmed from like July, no, June seventeenth, I believe, to July second. So it was like it was like they she reached out, he drafted up the script, quickly got in pre production, got in a production for like less than a month, and boom, that was that. um
1: so But yeah, Kate I'm excited Cuddy's to see the project. no for sure. is like Kate Cuddy's a backer, along with Washington and Levinson. that's interesting. Hey, mm-hmm. bro. What's your opinion of Washington as an actor
0: um I think he's I think he's a good actor um, I feel like people try to compare him too much to his father or other notable actors because of who his father is, and I don't think he can necessarily do that yet because he doesn't have the filmography you know he doesn't have that catalog of body of work where so we can see him grow over time. Uh, from my recollection, I only am aware of him starring in two things at the top of my dome, and that's Ballers, and that featured Dwayne L. Johnson, and that <laughs> yes. was a HBO show, I think. And then you have Black Klansman, which is a Spike Lee project. So, I memory-wise, I only know that he starred in two movies, and then he's supposed to be starring in Christopher Nolan's project, uh, Tenant, but that's delayed.
1: My like, son in Ballers is probably the first time I ever saw him. I, mm-hmm. I had no idea that was the ends watching this kid. Just,
0: what did you think, Phil, about his acting? Since you wanna put somebody on the spot.
1: I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. Black Klansman to this day I have not watched it all the way through. If we're being honest. I've started Is it because of his times. acting? It's not or even because story? of the acting. It's just like all I don't know. Like I know it's a good, like it's one awards and whatever. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Like it kind of has me nervous for the for the Christopher Nolan film, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. I know we were talking about this on like a different a different show, but mm-hmm. yeah, man, I'm interested to see what him and what he does with Zendaya on this. So we don't know. know when this is coming out.
0: Uh, there's not a definitive date. Um, when I went to go research the project, uh, from my understanding, there's not a, a definitive date for it yet. I'm hoping that it'll be sometime this year, but ultimately, I mean, it's to the discretion of the people who backed the project, so yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, you should definitely check out the article. They go a little bit more in depth about the project uh, by dead, uh, Deadline, Reopening Hollywood, How's the day John David Washington, and your four creators started a finished, a secret movie during the pandemic, so if you want to read into the details of how they were able to shoot this with the pandemic and what, what brought about the project and so forth. That's it. But those are the only details that are provided to us right now. Like there's not even a full, like even tagline or log line for the project. So it's very hush hush. But ultimately, I feel like if you're going to create a project during quarantine, you got to release it during quarantine. So I don't want to hear about you creating this project now. And then you release it two years later or a year later. What, what fun is that? So hopefully mm-hmm. it's sometime this year. Hopefully it's sometime this year. <laughs> it definitely defeats the purpose. But that's how these Hollywood professionals do. Honestly, that's how they do. Like Chris, I know Christopher Nolan's kind of like frustrated right now because he wants to release tenant. And like they're like, bro, bro you it can't release tenant. Push it back three times. You ultimately just say, like, release date, pending. And it's also, and we know why it's pending, it's because of the pandemic. But I think it's just they have the added pressure of the fact that the movie cost millions, like major millions, to pr- uh produce. So they try to make sure that they lease his theater so where they make that back and then some, you know. Which I understand because if you just try to put it on, you know, a streaming platform, there's a high chance that you're not going to get the monetary amount in which you spent to produce the body of work. I think but,
1: also too, Christopher Nolan. I think he really wants his films to be seen in theaters. Like, you know, yeah. he shoots a lot of stuff like in the film. I know mm-hmm. with like the uh, award shows when like who started like competing for like Oscars or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, he and uh, what's his name? Uh, the goat in terms of big, sh- the big movies, the uh, mainstream movies, the goat, uh, Steven Spielberg, uh, Yeah, John yeah. J. J. Steven Spielberg, okay. Steven Spielberg, and him were basically hating on like <laughs> the streaming streaming services. So I know he's really big about like the theater experience. So mm-hmm. even if it was, I feel like it would make a ton of money, on yeah. But I feel, I like, feel like the, the success of in
0: Inception, like, Inception is. To this day is a really well-talked-about movie by by Christopher Nolan, Mm -hmm. and to know that it is kind of like not necessarily a sequel to Inception, but it's kind of like another installment to that type of story or, like, vibe... Um, Makes him attractive, already ready to audiences and to see the the actors who are in it, in it. Not specifically John David Washington, but Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson is a pretty good like independent film actor. You know he gets his accolades, which is crazy. You went from like the went from Harry yeah, Potter, to Twilight, well. and then to all these independent type of stellar body uh, bodies of work. So I think you know Inception pretty much was like oh you got this coming out, and then it deals with Time. So it's also going to be very interesting instead of inception in depth with the dream state. So now it's dealing with time, which is pretty cool. But yeah, I'm excited for that project as well as this quarantine project, Malcolm and Marie. But we're going to just move along to our next topics of the day. So, in regards to Issa Rae Android and Jordan Pills project, they have decided to collaborate to create a body of work, and that is a genre type of film and it's titled sinkhole and it's mainly about the female perfection and identity so there's not any definitive details about it Um, some of the summaries stated that the story would take place about a family having to move out of their home because there's a gaping sinkhole in the backyard that tends to fix things so it's really weird in regards to the details of the project and ultimately what like the main subject matter would be. But I think it's really cool. Back to what I was saying, Issa Rae and Jordan Peele in their own respective nature um, have the ability to create bodies of works on their own and a desire and need for projects. So them collaborating together will be very interesting. I mean, they're both kind of within the realm of comedy, but we're never seeing, you know, more of Jordan Peele's in the role of comedy and horror being blended today. Horror. Yes, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how Issa Rae does in this collaboration. It's also alleged that she, she will be starring in it too. Yeah, mm. that'll be interesting. It's
1: interesting because she, uh, she did that one movie with, what's the guy? Uh, what's the, Lakeith
0: Stanfield uh, The, photo the other Photograph.
1: One too, yeah. She was in another well, Oh,
0: uh, with I know you talk about uh,
1: It's
0: It's a comedy <laughs> on netflix it was pretty it was it was funny to me i get i uh i get where why it wasn't as popular but it was called lovebirds and the movie was with kamal nanjini that was pretty good that hit netflix and then she has of course the photograph of the keystone
1: she's like broadening her uh acting chops like i mean she's always done like you know like that kind of stuff i feel like those are like some real comedy rom-com kind of things and then with this with jordan I off like she's really like diversifying like her portfolio or whatever so it's interesting to see how which, she keeps expanding
0: which i think will be very interesting and well needed because in regards to like acting like don't get me wrong like asa ray is a great creator producer and i give her accolades for that um For acting, though, sometimes I don't know if I can immediately... Incoming hate, more like critiques. But uh, I don't know if I can directly say that I feel an immediate connection when it comes to Issa Rae's acting. I feel like she has a lot to grow from. And so I I like the fact that she's taking on more films and television shows to kind of expand her acting abilities. But yeah, that's the project that's coming out. Like I said, there's no additional details. I mean, it's just mainly the partnership between the production companies and the title of the project and a little tagline about what it will be but i'm sure that would be interesting
1: no for sure i I definitely have not been keeping up with jordan Pillsley's stuff like can't did candyman come out
0: candyman did not come out because it was supposed to come out this year remember but the pandemic happened and then antebellum all supposed to come out
1: but pandemic happened did you watch uh what was the second one he did it was I mean, hard.
0: second film he did?
1: Yeah. Just, so
0: you got Get Out, and they got Us.
1: Us, yeah. Did you like Us?
0: I liked Us. I liked Us. I liked the ending of Us the most, but yeah, it was pretty good.
1: I know mm-hmm. a lot of people were hating on that. <laughs> I know a lot of people Who were was hating that? on that. <laughs> Who's hating on Us? All your Instagram trolls, all your, uh, what you call it. um, Lil Duvall, 50 Cent. <laughs> i mean i don't really take
0: anything i don't take anything that they say or do very seriously (laughs) so
1: in real life i don't put people's names out there but they were just saying that like it was a little bit you know took a step down from where get out was so that's why i was really interested to see like lady Annabelle does and then this this is i think uh, us had
0: more of a comedic nature no Mm -hmm. I feel like no. I feel like us was more so like I wanna be more horror-ish. While I think I feel like you can't compare get out and us. Like we get the fact that like they're they're very like genre bending films, uh, horror that star black cast and sometimes the black experience. But ultimately you can't compare get out to us because that was a film that was directly about the black experience and black people in America and did it through satire and horror. And they compare us where it's trying to be more direct in regards to it's not inherently about race it's more so just a horror film so i feel like that's where people are lacking in regards to the comparisons. you can't compare something that was successful because it was uh, raising the topic of race and race in america through satire and horror versus a project that's just really just horror
1: What's crazy is that Get Out and Us both did 255 million at the box office. but he's been consistent. I like, yeah, I think it also speaks to the fact that his like horror films, like they're like they're like layered in different ways, you know, and just mm-hmm. seeing like black people. So it's really cool to see like what he's doing, whether you like a yeah. big fan of his movies or not. So maybe Issa I think Ray number one is just to his uh to his universe cinematic world, you know, because I feel like she maybe. has her own diehard fans.
0: Yeah, I mean. maybe. I just feel like with Jordan Peele, he, I think it's just ultimately the fact of when it comes to horror and thriller uh, movies and TV shows, Black people are constantly being excluded out of them. Mm -hmm. And it's just nice to see reflections of Black people in horror films that are genuinely good, like genuinely good. They're not the trope type, leprechaun of the hood type films, no. Mm -hmm. It's actual like, mind-bending psychological thriller type films so that's why there's such a desire and, and you know need for them and that's why they're so successful um same with antebellum I- i'm ex- looking forward to antebellum but i'm also kind of like a little disappointed around the Ooh, film antebellum with the whole what? taking you didn't hear about the whole possibly them taking the story from a black woman who wrote the script for it so but you didn't hear about that
1: no nah, what's up
0: so, allegedly, there's a woman who had wrote a short film um, that was around a time period. It was like a horror. That's kind of like the premise of Antebellum. Of It was like a slave period, but it was a horror, right? Mm-hmm. And so, she had introduced this project to Will Packer Studios, and they shot the short. Like, she wrote it. She sent it off. They shot the short film, but I don't know if the short film was ever released. And so, what is it, a year, a year later... Will Packer and Jordan Peele's Monkey Paul Studios or the p- producers behind, you know, Get Out. But Will Packer come out with this project and is really a direct reflection of her short film, right? So it's kind of like they low-key took her idea but never yeah. gave her any props or credit for it. She actually came out on Twitter on Twitter about how, like, Here's my evidence of me writing this body of work. Here's my evidence of actually having production for this body of work. Here's the evidence that this body of work wasn't necessarily released in the way it should have been. And here's evidence that this is a direct like, copy of my
1: body of work. So, hey, yeah. A so, couple things. Hey, uh, I don't think Jordan Pills is associated with it. I'm looking at it now.
0: I think it's the producers of Get It Out or Us. So okay. Yeah. He's, he's, he, it might not be specifically Monkey Pop productions but it says that the producers of get out or us as a part of it and jordan Peele is definitely like hyping it up as one of the projects so i don't yeah. think he would be doing that if it wasn't his project so or I mean, if he had some type of ties to it
1: yeah for sure i was just looking at all the companies associated but uh and the producers he's definitely in that group but um so did they pay her for her story like no. they didn't buy it at all it's just like no
0: no that's that was that was the bad part about when people kind of like heard the news for it was that she didn't compensate for it.
1: But I mean, you know, a lot of times like, people, people would you... pay for like you know short stories, right? And then they'll like no. put it on ice. But they didn't even do that. No. That's crazy.
0: And I, I'm not quite sure. I don't I don't remember the details because these details came out when we first saw the trailer for it, right? Mm-hmm. And so allegedly she had like submitted to like a short film not necessarily competition but a short film submission in regards to producing her like Will Packer will help produce her body of work right and so I think maybe it's like contractually that she doesn't have the rights to it or it's like something like the success of the short film she doesn't necessarily have full-on rights to it or full-on like monetary rights but I don't know if it has anything to do with the adaption like how that goes for adaption in regards to monetary rights but yeah it was it was sad. I felt so bad when I read when I read it because it's just constantly, and it, it's just, it's messed up because here you, here is Will Packer Studios, a black production company, a black filmmaker creator. And then we're getting, we're hearing that he's allegedly ripping off from a black woman creator, like taking from her story, biting from her story. Ultimately, we can see the inspirations from an actual, you know, black author book, Octavia Butler, Kindred. Like, there's no doubt that this is kind of like an inspiration project from her book. And Kindred, if you don't know what Kindred is, Octavia Butler. Octavia Butler is a notable African-American writer. And Kindred, Kindred is about a woman who keeps getting teleported back in time into slave time. So it's just kind of like one of those horror psychological type of dramas when you're constantly being pulled back and forth from modern times in slave era in order to save one of her ancestors. So they're definitely biting from that lady's book. For that that woman's short film, and then also for on the project
1: Will Packer. So he like uh, disassociated himself. I don't see him attached to it either.
0: <laughs> I don't know, bro. I really, I could, I could not tell you. But when it first came out, it was like producers of Get Out, Us, Will Packer Studios, and this, and then all these allegedly uh, alleged claims had came out. So it was kind of like people were, do I really want to support this? Should yeah. I really support this? But don't get me wrong, this does look hecka good. And you got Janelle Monet in there. So, yeah. No, Shout sweet. out to her, Kansas City.
1: <laughs> Schlegel High School, yeah. KCK. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can move on. All right. to the, well, we're, next know, topic. Where you, going next? you know, you jumping around. So nope. We're,
0: we're moving on. We're moving on to Netflix projects. So, specifically, we're going to talk about old news first. And we're going to talk about the success of The Old Gar. So if those of you do not know, Netflix um, released a movie called The Old Gar, which is Netflix's fourth biggest movie ever. The Old Gar, um, directed by Gina. The fourth biggest movie been out um, since since, uh, the release date. And it brought in 7 million viewers in the first month. And it's directed by Gina Prince by the woods starring charlie Theron, um mm-hmm. kiki kyan or uh, i believe that's her name um but it bits from a comic and it's supposed to be one of them action type immortality time type of films it's from a comic ultimately but it was such a successful film bringing in over 7 million viewers in this first month. That's never really been done before. And it's like the fourth film to actually generate that many uh, viewers for Netflix. And, you know, you, you, Charlize Theron reprises the role as kind of like a badass chick. You know, whenever she stars in what role when she's badass, she kind of like kills it. Uh, and it was just successful. And then ultimately, like a lot of people are kind of talking like this is what happens when you have women of color or women directors or black women directors for projects you have the ability to insert diversity within the project. So like not only people who star in it, but the people who are behind the camera and the fact that it was successful and was the most talked about project for a while shows like, hey, there is a need, there's a desire and we should probably continue doing that. They've also set it up for as a sequel, but ultimately the old guard centers on the story of these group of people who have the ability of immortality and over the course of time have definitely served as protectors and warriors for different movements throughout time and one girl um, who is the protagonist I guess she discovers that she has these abilities and so she's on the run from this group who is trying to take the volume or whatever that allows for the immortality that is that project.
1: I think I think the success of that project also is because like, like cause I haven't finished it but I've seen most of it is like it looks like something that you would have to go to the theaters to see, you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. Atomic mm-hmm. Blonde or something. Mm-hmm. But those films, I feel like, are some real hit or miss. Whereas this one is just kind of like you can watch that quality of a film,
0: like mm-hmm. at home,
1: you know, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. stuff releases on on Red or on Netflix and Hulu and stuff. But it's really something that feels like to the quality of that, where it's like a big action kind show, you know? Yeah, oh, they always still, feel kind of yeah. a little bit like low quality or not low quality, more so just low budget. Well, this one seems like it has a pretty sizable.
0: I think they spent like 80 million to produce the film. I had it, no.
1: 70
0: million? It was between 70 to 80 million. So, I mean, if you got a budget that big, I would hope that it looks like it had a budget yeah. that big. So the
1: last time I saw something like that, it was the Will Smith joint. It was the uh with the aliens. It was about race. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know what I'm bright, about. bright, bright, bright. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Netflix takes a swing on one of these, like two of these a year, where it's going to be like, mm-hmm. all right, we'll put a lot of money in one of these projects. It's going to mm-hmm. be like a, a theater quality big movie. Mm-hmm. We'll see mm-hmm. if it goes off.
0: So, yeah.
1: But they might have hit a jackpot with this one.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like it's good. Don't get me wrong. There are some uh, points into the film itself where like the writing gets a little lackluster mm-hmm. um yeah i i, I got a low-key almost got really tired of hearing charlie's Stand char- um character name because it felt like they were saying it all <laughs> the time andy 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 gotta Damn, protect bro. andy andy andy
1: her being a badass i felt like was kind of forced at first I, I don't know. Does that make really? me sexist? <laughs> now, I don't like, think
0: it was forced at all, honestly. Charlie Theron always plays she largely plays roles like this and she does a great job at doing it too. I don't think yeah. it was forced. I
1: just I don't feel think like it was forced. It had some real like uh No, it was we were in the hotel in the very beginning. Because <laughs> I'm saying, Yeah, boss. What's up, boss? Like, they wanted to let let us know that she's the boss. Like she's the Yeah, that was I was kinda like frustrated she, with what was kinda frustrated
0: with the she writing. Mm-hmm. I
1: get it, but by the time like we got started getting through the movie, I actually seeing her like, you know, perform and look like the leader, it felt more natural. But I just really hate when movies like be, I try to beat it home that like, she's the badass character to pay attention to. Like, bro, just shows, you mm-hmm. know. But anyway. It was
0: a little frustrating con constantly hearing boss Andy gotta protect Andy, 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 Andy. and ultimately there was only, like I said, those were kind of like lackluster moments, and then there was also some melodramatic moments too with some characters I would say specifically with maybe our two lovers when they had the whole speech like don't get me wrong beautiful speech but I felt like it was purposeful like it wasn't like it was seamlessly integrated into the story it was like all right, we're gonna have a big monologue right here right here in this part to move the story, or not even to move the story. It was just like, let's insert this monologue right here. And I feel like they did that a couple of times throughout this film, and it just felt like it wasn't necessary or if we did or if we were going to see it, it would have been nice to seamlessly integrate that into the script. But ultimately, I look forward to the potential sequel, you know, because they set it up that way. Um, and this is a comic, so there are different you know books within the comic for it. So I think it'd be worth it to see the second installment of this.
1: I'm probably the people don't feel this is a hater spot. <laughs> it's like always trying to nah. find something to hate on, but not like if we weren't, if we didn't like something, I feel like we wouldn't even talk about it on the show. We don't talk about things that like are good. I feel like, but then we no,
0: just, like, we've definitely talked about in the past shows that were not good, like what we did not like. What was that one movie that showed, starred a homie from Moonlight? I did not like that movie.
1: <laughs> okay, so that was you, though. That still was a good one. You movie. do
0: that too. You do that often. My thing is are we not what film, film, filmmakers? Should we not have the ability to cre- critique each other's bodies of works? I don't know, <laughs> what what film is, did, No, no, no. What
1: film do we talk about on here where I didn't like it?
0: Shaki, you do that often. You this, I'm going to show you how he does it. He won't like something, but he'll pose it as a question for me to catch me up. So like that whole John <laughs> David Washington thing, he don't like his acting, but he asked me how do I feel about his acting. So just so y'all know, just so you know.
1: <laughs> what that? Those are accusations.
0: That that is accurate, and, and the audience will be able to notice too. But yeah, yeah, that movie All Day and Night. But that's
1: wasn't a different fan than act. that's different than the whole topic though. I feel like we're gonna we're gonna spend time talking about like a topic that we actually pick. I hope we're not gonna pick something trash, but we'll pick things that are like good and have our own critique, not from like a.
0: Not everybody at work that we're going to talk about is going to be inherently good to us or is going to be good to us. Something that may be good to you might not be good to me all day and Okay, night. only
1: exception was the Michelle Obama one. I don't think anybody... <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be really feeling that going into yep. it.
0: Yep. So, uh, don't don't try a lot. I feel like if they want to call us a hater, they can call us a hater, but I'm going to critique a body at work just like I hope they critique mine. So. You're burning bridges, dog. <laughs> moving along. Moving along. So, on the topic of Netflix still... We have uh, news that Netflix has acquired the rights to seven black sitcoms and shows. This is excellent. This is great. You know, this is perfect timing no, to with you. You I'm not I'm, watch lead a pandemic. Yeah, whatever. Watch
1: we're, any not talking, of these?
0: we're not talking about you. Of course. Of Which course. one are you going to watch? <laughs> I'm definitely going to watch Girlfriends. Why wouldn't I?
1: All right, continue with I your spiel. You had like a nice little news. There's presentation also though. Sister
0: Sister, the Parkers. I loved the Parkers growing up. I also loved 101 and, and Half and Half growing up. And I feel like it's a great time to watch Girlfriends again because I try to watch it on CW the Seed, and it was just always a hiccup with trying to get it online and hook up to TV. idea. yeah, But ultimately, I'm gonna watch it. And there are just because you might not watch it because we know what you watch. Just because you might not watch it, there What do I, do, I do I watch? Listen, there's gonna be nothing exactly like half the movies. We talked about today, you didn't even watch. <laughs> you didn't even watch. Hey, and we talked about it today. Or no you didn't did I not watch. Or you didn't finish the old guard. You knew we was talking about today. Why not finish the movie?
1: That was the only one.
0: All right. Moving along. As for the seven box, sitcoms and TV shows, um, the shows that they're anticipated Bro. to release is Moesha, August First, The Game, Season One through Third to Season Three. Is August 15th. Sisters, Sisters, September 1st. Girlfriend. September 11th. The Parkers, October 1st. Half and Fab, October 15th. And
1: 101,
0: October 15th. What is Half and Half? That's one theme song. I'm trying to think of uh, Half and Half's theme song. It's got...
1: I'm um, to type it in. It put I up know. some... Uh, bro. Why
0: don't you type in Half and Half? and half show then there you go
1: is this the the woman from uh stars from,
0: uh, rachel rachel true and essence atkins bro
1: she's from uh, the day chappelle actress. cult classic uh what's probably. the mo-
0: Probably. probably oh,
1: what is that half bait
0: Prob yeah yeah
1: i've never heard of this bro did you watch this in the it- I I I watched this
0: when I was younger. Warner Brothers. I remember watching "Finding You." Do you you not feel like this has a heavy
1: slant to a certain audience?
0: Now that I have someone special, that's the theme song.
1: That's what we wanted to hear. That's the theme song. I remember this growing up. (laughs) No, no, no. But yeah, that was
0: great show growing
1: up. You find this has like a heavy slant to a certain crowd. All of seven of these shows,
0: <laughs> of course, of course, of course, but you have to think about it. Black people have been asking, you're not on the, you're not on the socials like that, you don't be watching shows like this. And people on Twitter have been asking for black a while now for, crazy right now for, for Moesha for half and half. It's not just black women, so don't just do that. But there is, it is I talking for these,
1: these shows are definitely slamming for black women. Which is dope.
0: No, it's not. The game was a popular show in the first count. <laughs> that's
1: that's no, the, the one wasn't. you're going to stand on. <laughs> what about Bro. girlfriend, sister, sister, Malisha, the Parker? All, right. sister, sister. All right. Half and half, one-on-one.
0: I feel like you're being a little sexist right now, but How? that is what it is. You being you you're assuming that only one demographic of people actually really watch the shows, and the shows say would have been successful. The shows would have been successful if they only had one demographic of people really watching them or being excited about them, and that wasn't the case. Especially the game. The game was a show where both demographics of people, black men and women, were excited about the project to point. The show got canceled on the CW, and then reprised is. it on BT. Was it successful on BT. That's neither here or there. But ultimately, there's a demographic of people who really enjoyed
1: it. it. Can we stop for a second? Can we talk about how the game fell off? Was that not one of the craziest fall-offs you've ever seen in TV? Not that it was like, you know, it wasn't the greatest show of all time. But, like, it was pretty consistent. It was cool. Like, they had little punchlines. PB and Jason. Uh, I think (laughs) it's
0: just because ultimately they had to rush wrapping up the season for the game um on the cw network because of you know the the word being dropped and then it's just like oh we got it back okay let's think of a storyline and so when they hit us with the first season she trying to do a paternity test on darwin's kid it was just like oh yeah we already know how this show about to go
1: Darwin. oh my god yeah yeah bro it started off so so not pretty good. It
0: wasn't too favorable the reprisal seasons. It wasn't too favorable. <laughs> I'll say that. And I'm not gonna deny it, but season one three hit. Yeah, those were good. Definitely
1: hit. We get like, like, like some a, type
0: of Derman-ish type of Melanie, love triangle with the kid, with you know, Lawrence and Issa Ray right now and whatever her name is, you know. We're getting we're getting Cannella? similarities in storylines. So that's why Cam- Camilla. Somebody said chamomile tea, but why is everybody hate her? Cam- so <laughs> Bro, because her character is is really frustrating right now. Because everybody is trying to ship Lawrence and Issa back together. Why? It's like Camilla or whatever her name is. Is just I don't think her name is Camilla. That's not her name.
1: It's like um, Canella or something.
0: C- canella, I something. Uh, there goes all our, our Issa have, Rae th- partnership going down the journey. No. That shows how interesting her character is in regards to us fans. We want Lawrence and Issa, and she's interfering of them being destined for each other for their happily ever after, just like with Melanie and Duran. You know, even with the hiccups, we always hoped they would get together in the right sense, but then you know, he got news that he had a baby. It was just kind of like, oh, you know how this relationship's about to go, so
1: yeah. (laughs) It turned into an Usher song. Uh,
0: Kind of. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, Ultimately, I feel like this is an excite assignment. I've already seen discussions of people t- talking uh, on on the TL about the show. So there's like the villain, the the villain you were thought it was, and then the bro, actual. Where is of the Martin? Show.
1: Where, where where is where is uh the Waynes Brothers?
0: That's I will be I'll down say. for the Waynes Brothers, bro. Did you realize Martin was very misogynistic and like colors growing up? Like as you watch it now through your adult lens, do you realize how misogynistic and kinda colors the show was? Bro,
1: it's a do you not know what it's about? <laughs> That's just one of the about. Martin's just like one of the homies. So yeah, it's gonna have a heavy slant to wait. um,
0: Make it okay, but
1: yeah, (laughs) that's what it is though. Like, come on, it's like if you I don't think
0: anybody would ever necessarily, I don't think Netflix or them would ever get like the rights anytime soon to like Martin because, especially how it it ended.
1: (laughs) Oh my god,
0: especially (laughs) how it ended, and then like the people within the project, you know, the controversies, the, the struggles that they were experiencing offset with the project, and then it's just also he has an already notable partnerships with different platforms with the show, so you got like BET. And then you got like some other like online.
1: BET streaming is not. C- I didn't
0: say BET streaming. I said BET. I said, I didn't say BET. I said, I said,
1: what about like, you know, you need the streaming services. Like, where's The Fresh Prince at?
0: I mean, ultimately, Fresh Prince is not one of my favorite genres, but so. You're, oh my, my God. That's not my wow. favorite TV show. So, no. I mean, All right. On that note, we can keep it pushing. There's some body you know, some hey. episodes that are interesting. Yeah. But.
1: I don't want to compare shows. Oh, but... and also HBO. <laughs>
0: Martin was on HBO. I do remember <laughs> we're not that. Gonna,
1: we're not gonna brag about the game and then throw dirt on Nobody the Fresh Nobody bragged
0: about the game in comparison to the Fresh Prince. But all I'm saying is, I don't really connect fully with the Fresh Prince. I, I can say that.
1: Like I feel that. you. I feel, that's how I feel with these seven shows right here. Fresh I Prince respect is also em. on
0: the HBO Max, though. So, so maybe right. you'll never. Maybe maybe you'll see like martin being on hbm max and because that's a streaming service now that they're really kicking out so maybe you'll see that
1: now, i am excited to go see sisters this weekend because my guy uh let's
0: marquise
1: Mar- <laughs> Mar- houston <laughs> I roger? About him. <laughs> uh, hey i don't know i don't know who marquise <laughs> Mar- 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 houston is i know who roger is i'm not gonna get that's- into <laughs>
0: That's his name. Put respect on his name. Marquise Houston. Who played no, Roger. Roger on Sister. I don't and Sister. know who Marquise
1: Houston is. But... Remember
0: when Roger had his glow up and they was like, Oh, Roger. That, that's, that was some messed up stuff. He had his he all he did was get taller. <laughs> that was
1: <messed> <laughs> He's got taller. What's the mom's name? Because she looks just like the other lady. That is crazy. Uh
0: Jack, Jackie, Jackie here. Yeah, everybody talks about Jackie. That's her name everybody talks about how she looks like that one lady. They were just like, no, we're not <laughs> Nothing like they do have similarities. But Only like, the other I one
1: think. be wild and she be a because she like a comedian.
0: Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> definitely be wild, especially when like she played a Friday. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they look like <laughs>
0: they, they look alike. But moving right. along, we're gonna move along to our next topic of the day. One of our largest uh, things that's in the news that we want to talk about is the Emmy nominations. So, for those of you who don't know, the 2020 Amy nominations have been released. They did a virtual, like, release of the nominations. And, yeah, here are some of the people, notable people, who are nominated in categories. Honestly, let's just break it down. I'm about to cover the black people who was nominated, because I'm rooting for everybody black, ultimately, right now. Because that's what we're mainly seeing when, when in these nominations.
1: When's the actual Emmys? I I don't know
0: when the actual Emmys is because I don't know if they're going to give a date. Oh, it says it will be held September 20th. 20th.
1: Okay, because I feel like we can come back and we can do like a full breakdown of like the actual nominations of who we think will win, get predictions. Mm -hmm. But this one, we can just focus on like the controversy for now. Just like
0: I should have done with the Oscars. Maybe maybe I put a little money on it, you know? We don't condone
1: gambling on this service.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, we don't. We definitely don't.
1: We definitely
0: do <laughs> <laughs> okay so in regards to best comedy we have insecure and let's see yeah insecure that's it for in regards to black um i also didn't know this but insecure makes the eighth or ninth black sitcom ever to be nominated in the comedy series in an entire i mean like existence which is crazy and it's very sad and disappointing so you got like uh insecure atlanta you had the cosby show i think like the jeffersons all those types of bodies of sitcoms that were really notable and it's like the eighth or ninth one even though we've had an extensive amount of comedy shows that should have been worthy of it we just named some comedies just a second ago that should have mm-hmm. been worthy years ago and they didn't so that's mm-hmm. interesting you don't think martin was should have been worthy for or an emmy in regards to comedy
1: Looking back at it, like, I love Martin, and it's definitely like a cult, not a cult, it's like a, it's a staple in the black community, right? But if you look at Martin, it's really just kind of like, how do you say it? Because it, it's funny, but it's not funny in like a well-thought-out way sometimes. Sometimes it's just him being an a-hole, him just like being Martin, you know what I mean? With other shows, like Insecure, it's like the writing's actually like at a different level, you know? Because Martin really just relies on how funny martin could be as an individual it's basically just like everybody else in his world you know and just him like doing silly stuff
0: yes but then you also gotta think about like i don't know i just feel like there's a way like living single you don't think living single would have been worthy of like being a, i think shows like that minute.
1: are definitely more w- w- are worthy than like a martin that's my only point i'm not saying that there should be way more i'm just saying I, like
0: i don't know i could definitely l- l- do some research but i guarantee you Friends probably got a nomination once or twice <laughs> for comedy. Well, that would be
1: interesting, bro. If we came back like and really did, like, maybe an episode before, we just really broke down, like, some of the biggest black snubs and award shows, shows that I feel like didn't get their credit. We can go and celebrate some of those.
0: For sure. But, like, yeah. I-, I don't know. I just feel like there are some notable ones, and it's kind of, like, disappointing that Insecure is, like, the eighth or ninth one out of black sitcoms and TV shows for a comedy series. But that's neither here or there. Obviously, there needs some work. Work needs to be done. But moving on to best drama, we have nothing black. Best limited series. <laughs> <laughs> best limited series. We got Watchmen, starring Regina King, I still and Yahoo Mateen. Um, that was pretty good. It's pretty good. When I say it was the greatest of all time? Nah, it was good. They
1: canceled it. That's sad.
0: It's so sad. And I don't know why, honestly, I don't know why it's considered a limited series because the anticipation was for there to be more, more seasons.
1: Mm.
0: But yet it's got non- nominated for limited series. So that's kind of confusing. That was a little confusing, but that's neither here nor there, I guess. But you got Little Fires Everywhere starring Kerry Washington and other notable Black actors. Then you have Watchmen within the best limited series category. I don't know. I mean, like, those are really good shows, but I'm not gonna lie. I've watched Unbelievable on Netflix. I watched Unorthodox on Netflix. Them most was good. <laughs> good. And they ain't black. Ain't look black.
1: But they was good. No, sometimes I, I don't think I sometimes I think that like there's a small overcorrection. People like just want to say something black in it. But in general, it's just I mean like it's just a smaller pool. Like if you have that many people that are like white making films, and you have like this small amount of black people making films. You're not gonna get something great every single yeah. time. You know what I'm
0: saying? The is not gonna be the same.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not in a big enough pool of creators. But mm-hmm. that's why when you do get one, you definitely gotta go hard for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: But, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm like. Cause I watched Unbelievable and I was like, dang. And I watched Un Unorthodox, I ain't gonna lie, I had a little tear. Like that show was great. <laughs> yeah. It's great. And it was like look, I think it was it was based off a true story too. And so it was unbelievable. So that's why it was even more like, whoa, hit hit home. Alright, moving on to Best Actress in a Comedy Series. We have Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish, and we have Issa Rae for Insecure. Tracy Ellis, who you got? Tracy Ellis Ross or Issa Rae
1: for better actress?
0: Com- in a comedy series.
1: Well, you know, I don't really watch Blackish. <laughs> moving Ray. along.
0: Moving along. Best actor in a comedy series or in a comedy, we have Anthony Anderson for Blackish, Don Cheeto for Black Monday. And I think we should shout out other people of color. We got Rami, Yusuf, and Rami.
1: All I heard was Rami, Kansas, City, I don't Don know. Cheadle. Kansas City Don Cheeto. Kansas City Don Cheeto. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Yes, sir.
0: I don't know. Anthony Anderson is pretty funny and blackish, of course. That's, that's without a shadow of a doubt. But I think Don Cheeto does Black, Black Monday justice, and so does Rami. But Rami is not in the sense of, like, it's like dry humor at times. It's just like, dang, you really caught up in the situation type of humor. That's what that is. I like so, Rami. I don't know I all
1: those shows, but you know who I'm rooting for.
0: I, I like Rami the most too, and then it will be Black Monday and then Black Blackish in that order in regards to the shows. I actually like connect more to more. I mean, I called you in regards to Rami, so you already know I really rock a Rami. For sure. As for back black I said black, best actress in a drama, we have Zendaya for Euphoria. And her competitors are you got Olivia Coleman for the Crown, Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, Laura K- Lin- Linney Lenny for Ozark, Sandra O oh for Killing Eve, and Jennifer Anderson for the Motor Show. Don't get me wrong, today's performance in Euphoria is great. You know, it's Uh-oh. great to see her Incoming shell
1: hate. away. Hey, I need a graphic.
0: It's the a great way to time
1: she sh- some hate in time.
0: <laughs> it's a great way to shell away, you know, her Disney veil that people have when it comes to her, her acting. But Sandra O oh be killing it and killing Eve, bro. She. I'm room for Jodie Comer. Really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's, she's that's pretty good versatile.
0: too. She she's good too. But Sandra Oh be kill... It. You know what Jodie did be killing.
1: Looks like she does more. Like her yeah. character is harder. I feel the like, versatile
0: in regards to being like the a, a sociopath. Yeah, and she's
1: Assassin. British, right?
0: Because
1: her character's not even British.
0: I think so. I think she might be British, and her character is supposed to be like French or something like that. But yeah.
1: Or Russian Bro. or something.
0: She's, she's, Jody is good too. I would say Jody or Sandra Oh, but yeah. Zendaya is in the category for best actress in a drama.
1: Hey, so, Euphoria, one to ten. Ten being like, you must watch it. One being like, don't waste your time. Where'd you put it? An eight.
0: Okay. I'd give it an eight. Only because that singing sequence, the dance, and singing sequence at the end threw me off. It just threw me off. I am trying to gauge if I am. I'm not a musical person, so and I really anytime a show busts out in song or a movie busts out a song, I automatically mute that mug and go, go and do some. Bro, else.
1: did you go back and watch uh girl Haji or Giri Haji? Giri Haji.
0: That da- <laughs> I finished it, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy.
0: <laughs> I finished it. That dance sequence at the end. I'm
1: like, you wasn't was <laughs> <a> rocking <laughs> with
0: it. <laughs> I don't I get the point of it. Like they ultimately really, it was just like it was just metaphorical because they actually, quote, unquote, and, like, it's trying to say that they actually did have a whole fighting and shootout sesh. But let's it's just like, oh, I don't like when shows do that. And maybe just because.
1: Uh-huh. Like, You're I not a like, person I, at all.
0: I'm really not, bro. Like, I know I should probably check out Hamilton. And I know.
1: Nah. I'm not I, really I, gassed I, up with that like everybody
0: else. I know I should check out Hamilton, and I actually want to see it, but it's just, like, it's really hard for me to, like, stuff like that or get into stuff like that. There's only one thing I've watched where it had seen it, and I was, like, all the way through, I was, like, vibing with it, and that was Les Miserables starring Hugh Jackman. right
1: hey, I need to go back and watch that for sure. Cause Les I Miserables. like I kind of saw it at the time. I really wasn't paying attention, you know? So I need to no, definitely worth it. go back because feel like the sets, I like like when they have like crazy production design, like historical pieces. Yeah, it's definitely worth
0: cool. it. And, hmm.
1: When I was gonna say, what were you saying? Mm-hmm. What? Oh, but uh.
0: That internet cutting out probably.
1: <laughs> no, I was gonna say that. Um, I feel like with like musical pieces, it's like, I'm never really like excited to see it. Like even with Hamilton, right? But I know mm-hmm. as soon as I do see it, I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like the uh, greatest show on earth. I know we talked about yeah. all the controversy with it, but for the yeah. actual film, it's like yeah. in the middle of it, you do get caught up in the moment. I know you do sometimes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm just like ultimately, like automatically, it's not the things, they're not the things that I seek with, you know, TV shows or films. But when I watch it, I do get, if it's really good, I will get immersed into it. So like Layman's Raw, I was immersed. I was through an emotional roller coaster with that film. Like I love that. I love that musical in a sense. Or is it? Musical play? Whatever. Whatever you call it. But moving along. We're going to do Best Actor in a Drama. Like I said, we we shout out the people of color. We got Sterling K. Brown. This is Us. And then Billy Porter for Pose. Yeah. Billy Porter for Pose. Speaking of Billy Porter, shout out to Billy Porter. But I think it's time we kind of shine light on some of the critiques that other LGBTQ plus people have in Black people have about Bill Billy Porter being constantly nominated for pose. And so the critique is mainly that Billy Porter is being constantly nominated in the for pose as a cisgendered gay man. And the show mainly comprises of a lot of non-conforming identity, transgender people of color, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And ultimately there is the topic of trans exclusion and LGBT, trans exclusion when it c- comes to these Emmy nominations. And to have a show like Pose where it's largely centered on the LGBTQ plus, you know, people where specifically you have transgender, you know, people it's kind of interesting that not at one year, not any of his co-actors or whatever have been nominated. And ultimately there's the critique that there's a clear exclusion from the Emmy nominations for trans, uh, trans bodies and that Billy Porter doesn't take the opportunity to shine light necessarily on the exclusion of trans bodies, but uses, uses his success and his nominations to make fashion statements versus making actual political statements <laughs> for black and trans bodies. There's that critique that people have. What is your thoughts?
1: Uh... Hey, So, I I watched uh, Tariq Nasheed and his critique of it, and he's very on one side of critical of Billy Porter. But I do see, like, sometimes I do feel like Billy Porter's more about being, like, you know, like, dressed like the best dress or being, like, fabulous or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's trying to, like...
0: make fashion statements. That's what you say. Yeah, yeah. Fashion statements. And all all it does is... It's not a lot of
1: substance all the time, bro. It's a lot of just, like, look at me. At times. Mm-hmm. I do definitely
0: is, feel that. I feel like it's not also a fashion statement where like there's something on it to where it's like making a political statement, you know? So Pierre Moss, what he had done for himself and Lena Waith when you know that big the Meg Gala. Mm-hmm. I think it might we have been wore the Meg
1: Gala. With a suit. The
0: suit and it was yeah. the names of, Lena Waith had the names of like trans bodies who had been slain or like LGBTQ members who had been slain. And Pierre Moss had other Notable, you know, black people in the stitching. Like it looked like lines, but if you look closer, there were stitched names. And so that's a that's a fashion statement, right? There's also yeah. a political statement. And people are critiquing the fact that Billy uh, Billy Porter is just constantly being nominated for like LGBTQ representation representation of black LGBTQ members, but it, ultimately he's still a cisgender man. And then he doesn't also take the opportunity to raise awareness about the struggles that. Black and brown LGBTQ members are experiencing during these moments, you know, from the carpets, from the discussions, from his political statements. So they feel like it's a general statement versus getting to the core of it. Like, we need to talk about Tony McDade. This is a trans person whose life was slain by police. Like, that's an opportunity for, like, this is timely. You have a platform. Speak about this trans body. And he doesn't take the opportunity to do so. You
1: forget the whole, like, uh, Billy Porter... Caitlyn uh Jenner vibes where it's kind of like <laughs> it's a lot about them
0: <laughs> I don't know what the whole topic is about them I know when it comes to Kayla Jenner like I don't she gets on my nerves a lot <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> because it's kind of like how can you be a part of this community and you not want to speak about the prosperity of the people within your community like that Nah, she was. She also stated how she was a, like a supporter of Trump or whatever. So that's neither here or there. Uh, no, like, I, th-
1: I can't speak on like the, like the LGBTQ community, but I can speak for the black community. You know, i say Billy Porter does sometimes feel like he's a uh, <laughs> he's there to pacify people it's, you know kind of makes us feel like it's okay. Like I'm working with all these white people and <laughs> they treat me well. Look, mm-hmm. I'm on. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's not even on some like Black versus white stuff. It's more so just like. Sometimes it does feel like when you're going through this kind of stuff and then he's not been like vocal in a way that like we, we need want
0: you to, to be kind of like
1: lump it all together like LGBTQ rights and black rights together when really I feel like you need to focus on them separately. That's a conversation for a different day. When you see him kind of like trying to do this and so then that, he's kind of like all over the place. Mm-hmm. It does make you feel like that person is tap dancing when you see them like their, 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 their surroundings, who, who's around them all the time. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I I'm think it's imperative to that, But it does have that kind of like uh, This image. is my
0: last Notation I think it's just imperative that you be specific In what Struggles or Situations that you want to be Bring awareness or be an activist For so Like you said not just lumping things So the experiences for All LGBTQ people are not The same you have black trans People experiences is very different From a cisgender white gay man you know so be specific in those experiences you have black issues but be very specific in okay we're talking about the struggles of black people let's be specific in regards to the level of sexual mental and physical abuse that black women experience at the hands of police sex trafficking and so forth so you got to be specific you can't just lump everything together and then kind of dance around it in these luxurious outfits that's it that's the critique (laughs)
1: people people are over his spill. it's kind of like when tiffany haddish when like people kind of like over her Mm -hmm. like little brand of comedy like not over it Mm -hmm. but like we're used to it it's longer like fresh i feel like his Mm -hmm. time of being fresh in the spotlight is starting Mm -hmm. to come to an end now like Mm -hmm. the critique if he if he
0: if he doesn't really you know switch up a a a little bit yeah if he doesn't so and that's that's the fault of himself so that's that can't really can't do nothing about that if you're not gonna be actually taking the steps to better it. So yeah. moving on, we have another critique with the Emmy nominations that some people are posing is the Latinx exclusion with Emmy nominations. Specifically in the Emmy nomination. Oh no, we're not moving on. I gotta finish the list. What am I doing? Gotta finish the I need list of black people. Many more, more
1: categories on this list, bro.
0: There's not that many. I'll just go quick. We got best actress in a limited series or TV movie. You got Regina King for Watchmen, Carrie Wash for little uh, fires everywhere octavia spencer for self-made then we're moving on to we got jeremy pope for best actor in a limited tv series or movie for hollywood then supporting actress we have Yvonne oriji for insecure and i think that moves on i could be wrong but i think that moves on we got supporting actor in a comedy series my man (sighs) Marshala ali for rami (laughs)
1: <laughs> Your granddad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I'll take it. Sterling K. Brown from the marvelous Miss Maisel, and yeah, I think that concludes that. You know, I could be wrong, y'all. I don't really know too many of these names. I'm just basing it off of what I do know. Then you got supporting actress in the drama. You got Thandi Newton for Westworld. Um, I gotta finish the um, latest
1: season. Um,
0: yeah. I mean, there's many. There are plenty of more names that you know we didn't get to. Uh, you know, stop on because, of course, you got supporting actor in limited series uh, or movie. You got Yaha Abdul-Mateen. Keep in mind, y'all. I don't really know that some of these people, some of these people, but a lot of them I do know. Mm-hmm. And then variety series, sketch series, like, we got to shout that out for sure. We got to shout out a Black lady sketch show being nominated for an Emmy. That's dope. That's amazing. It ain't been done in a while, especially not a Black woman being behind the project specifically that has never really been done then you got reality competition program RuPaul's Drag Race and for a host you have somebody was really dope on there you got Queer Eye of course being nominated and then that's another show that got nominated for a host Making It was it Making It might have been Making It or Top Chef and then you got Queer Eye for a Structured Reality Program And there's plenty of many others that we probably weren't able to name. But yeah, I'm just going off a list. There ain't no visuals with the list. So I can't just, ooh, 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 you know. But if you Mm -hmm. want to see the complete list, make sure you check out. uh, Here's the full list of the 2020 Emmy's. The 72nd Emmy Awards will be held in September by the New York Times. And it's a compiled list by Lauren Messman. So check that out if you want to see the complete list of who will be nominated and what body of works will be nominated. But moving on, we're going to talk about the Latinx exclusion when it comes to the Emmy nominations. It has definitely been a topic of discussion. So as soon as the Emmy Awards nominees had been released, all of a sudden there was conversation and articles about the lacking in Latinx representation for the Emmy nominations. Mm -hmm. There's no denying that. There has been no denial of the erasure of not only Latinx, but Asian, you know, voices when it comes to representation behind and in front of the camera for emmy nominations right and so a lot of people are raising some critiques and raising some notable works that should have been deserving of those emmy noms so you got rita moreno uh um and for one day at a time then mj rodriguez for pose then you got the show series that i really love and i'm really disappointed that this is the last season vita love it mainly uh filled with latinx um queer women in the forefront and behind the camera which is amazing then you got the netflix final season originally black um and just the list the list goes on um list goes on but those are some of the notable bodies of work or people that a lot of the latinx black and brown community felt like should have got nominated right so there's no denying that Latinx people make up the largest minority group in America. It's like one in five Americans are, I believe, Hispanic, uh, according to the Hispanic Caucus, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of like, it's weird that there's not a direct reflection of that when it comes to the representation on TV and the representation for Emmy nominations, right? I agree. Emmy nominations, Oscars, all of them, they got to do better. But I think it's it's because they can only do one
1: at a time. We know how this works.
0: Yes, but I think it's also very, <laughs> I think it's also very interesting because I think they said in regards to the the amount of people nomination for last year's Emm- Emmys was like ninety percent white. This year year's eighty six percent white, and that's probably largely due to the fact that we have a lot more black, brown, and so forth people who are nominated this year, notably black, right? Mm-hmm. So there are some individuals who had raised some critiques in regards to the erasure of Latinx voices. So if you literally look up. Latinos or Latinx in Emmy nominations, there are articles that are like clearly a little anti-black in regards to shine light on the fact that there is a little bit of an erasure problem with the Emmy noms. Then you had some actors who actors and actresses who had came out and made statements in relation to the erasure of you know black uh, brown voices for the Emmy noms. You got John Leguizamo and Dolce uh, Polano and they received notable backlash because if you look at their tweets we're going to display them on the screen cuz I'm not going to give you word for it but if you look at their tweets it was kind of like John was like why can't we also have a piece of the pie and then Dasha was kind of like everybody wants diversity that uh, that diverse group always wants diversity but only if it's for them you know so it's kind of like hmm why is it that whenever black people here's the critique why is it that whenever Black people have the ability and kind of, you know, getting strides and stuff like that. People take, take critique to it in regards to why not us? You know, they're getting it. Why not us type of atmosphere? And I feel like people are forgetting the years of work and dismantling it had to take for us to even get maybe two Black people in a court category, let alone one. So there's the critique of that. Then people also have noted that, okay, you're right. There is an erasure problem. But are you just choosing to ignore a certain look of Afro-Latinos, of Latinos? So are you mainly trying to look for the stereotypical Latino representation in film and TV shows? Or are you, in, are you choosing to talk about everybody, include every Latino? Because Latino comes in shapes and sizes, different shapes, sizes, and colors. And so somebody had brought up the notations of Gerard Jerome. You know, where was the whole... La, uh, you know, congratulatories and we're going to take this on type of energy for Jarrell Jerome. Then it brought up the critique of like, oh, we know what it is. It's like, you're not you're not with the whole Afro Latino represent, representation to be the sole representation of a Latino because there is no denying there is a colorism issue within the Latinx community.
1: Yeah, I don't. think, I think, all right, just stop you here. I think it's a lot of things you're like discussing issues. Like, yeah, there's like definitely a colorism colors and role within the like Latin community I mean obviously I'm not a part of the Latin community so I don't want to go too far into that because it'd be from an uneducated position but I do know that uh it is kind of a thing where I, I do think sometimes like groups of people kind of pick and choose like all right well you got him you got you got what's his name kind of like Carmel Anthony right he's like half Puerto Rican bro mm-hmm like, you would never know that. Because, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like the black community claims Carmelo. And that mm-hmm. is what it is. Kind of like with Gerald Jerome. It's kind of like the mm-hmm. black community claims him. So that's mm-hmm. you all It's kind of mm-hmm. like you got to be in one group or another. So I think that's a problem with a lot of communities. Or it's like, mm-hmm. once you are decided whose group you're in, it's like, that's it. You know what I'm saying? It's just messed up.
0: I don't but, think so. I I'm can't gonna... agree with you. I don't think, I don't think uh, they have to decide which group that they're in. I think... i I don't think they do i
1: think the people do i think the people decide industry
0: professionals be like oh you don't look latino (laughs) so we're gonna mark you as african-american right so like example tatiana ali did you know she was afro-latina no (laughs) tatiana ali is afro-latina but what are the main roles that she's played before an african-american Jerome jerome majority of the time he gets the benefit of being able to play afro-latina but more offset than none. Well, he's so young in his career. I, was, I don't even
1: really want to put him in the category. <clears that's> I <speaking throat> on some people that have, like, you know, like like Lee, who's been doing this for a long time. You know what I'm saying? So, there's mm-hmm. way more of a – whereas Jarrell yes, Jerome, I think, is kind of just taking, like – like not to be like this, but, like, there's a lot of good black stories that are, like, hot right now because the industry's finally giving us a chance. So, I do think mm-hmm. a lot of Jerome Jerome is doing this. He's cashing in mm-hmm. on these roles that are amazing that we've never had before. So, he's mm-hmm. going to play to his advantages. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. somebody like tatiana ali is way more of a like she's been typecast as one thing you know what i'm saying
0: yeah Alain noel so you know that dude
1: from insecure nah. the
0: fine one rule uh, no,
1: that's not going yelon
0: yelon <laughs> noel i didn't know this but he's actually panamanian so he's afro-latino but he's constantly typecast as african-american yada costa constantly typecasted as african-american but she's Afro Latino, like there's a lot of people,
1: you know. Yeah, I think that's definitely an issue just with like Tessa Thompson, uh,
0: Afro Latino, you know.
1: Uh, that's just that's just the thing, but like, is there are a lot of there's not a lot like of Afro Latino roles, and I don't know how much of people how, mar- how much representation are at, at the top of these like studios. How many writing rooms have that? I do know that there's a huge push for uh like Black writers and stuff, like you mm-hmm. said, due to a lot of work. So it might be just one of those things where like you know like now that that's a focus maybe we need they need to focus more on just like let's get in representation so that there are more roles so that they don't aren't forced to only play the black roles you know what i'm saying because it is right it's like either this one or this one It's definitely not a lot of like in between mm-hmm. uh, even like what's the name was- of uh hip-hop uh miami one with the fro oh
0: um uh, amara not not la negra amara la negra
1: you're making her they try to make her pick sides yeah let her you know
0: 'Cause of our skin complexion because of her <laughs> hair. But I won't I won't just just say it's just because of not there's lackluster of writers in the room, because then you also have to think about the Spanish channels, right? There's lack of representation of Afro-Latinos on the show, right? Then we do have Afro-Latinos on the shows. Okay, well I'm telling you. Then we have Afro-Latinos on the show, they kinda are typecasted as a stereotypical role, right? It's very negative connotations that are associated with darker skinned or, or Afro-Latinos. So it's not just that. It's just like, let's raise the critique of the fact that being a racial of Latinos or Latinx people. Let's make sure we're being inclusive in the dialogue of all Latinx people. So your Panamanians, your um, Puerto Ricans, your Cubans, your Afro-Cubans, your Afro-Puerto Ricans, all those people. Make sure we're being inclusive in that because you got a track record of people who literally say, that, hey, I will go to these auditions, right? I go to these auditions where it's largely a Latinx type of crew or whatever, and I don't get it because I don't look Latino enough, right? That's not fair to them, you know? So let's make, make the critique of all those people. Even when you look at shows like, like One Day at a Time and Vida, don't get me wrong, I really love the show Vida, but there is a lack of Afro-Latinos on that show. Are there no Afro-Mexican Americans? Like, there are. So the fact that I didn't see a single one on the show That's that's not okay. And don't get me wrong, I love this show, but that is a another example of like here's a show that is mainly by Latinx women, mainly by Latinx queer women, and there's not a single Afro-Latino represented on that show that I have seen one day at a time. There it took like getting to like probably the last most recent season that we saw an actual Afro-Latino on the shows, right? And then in dialogue of the show first season, there was like negative connotations when it talked about black people or Afro Latinx of the show. So there are shows out there who that are inherently Latinx, but they're not also inclusive in regards to who is Latinx, quote unquote.
1: Yeah, I think, I think hey, it's one of the things though, like whoever is like the leaders in a Latinx community, like I just stand behind whatever they say. Cause I, like, like, like I'm saying before, like it's not necessarily like, my community so i don't know like all the ins and outs you know what i'm saying and so i don't want to get into this thing where it's like i'm speaking for their community you know what i'm saying well i can't say I'm definitely not speaking for this
0: community you know
1: what i'm saying but for the black community what i can say is that like the same way that like nick cannon like said some stupid stuff you know even though his heart I feel like is in the right place like you know what i mean he's not like an evil person or the same way like uh terry cruz on the other end of the spectrum is like bro what are you doing like it looks like you're out here tap dancing but it's just, like, it's because these conversations, and, like, when we're talking about these things, it's not clean. It's going to get messy. Sometimes people go too far one way or the other. You might say the wrong things. And so I think that, like, as we move forward down this road, hopefully we see more of, like, people speaking out about these things. But we have to know that, like, people are going to say the wrong thing. So I don't want to get into this culture of, like, or this habit of, like, trying to, like, end somebody or, like, put a muzzle on somebody just because Nobody like said that. Up.
0: Nobody's doing that. I think – People so are just think, making a critique. I think if you're going to talk about there being a lack of representation of Latinx people, okay, and be inclusive in the dialogue. So no, I'm saying to you don't have you to is, necessarily saying, be a part of the comu- community to make, <laughs> to make that critique. That's all I'm saying.
1: What no, I'm saying to you is the that the I think there's a whole thing with, like, you have to put, pick your group up or put another group down. And I think with like some of these like comments and these tweets and these like people from these Latinx shows, is, they feel as though they got to put another group down to bring their group up. And I think that's a big problem with everybody, right? And so, like, right now you're seeing a good example of, you know what I'm saying, like, prominent people making that mistake. And so we got to definitely hold them you know, accountable for that. Like, because you can't continue to do that because we'll never make progress if it's, like, one person at a time. Like, Oscar's so white, right? Then they try to correct with the blacks, and then they don't add, you know, the other group. But then next year, watch. They're going to try to overcorrect and bring a bunch of Latinx groups in, and then it's going to take away four black nominations because you got to keep your six white slots filled. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, like, they're trying to give it one hand, one at a time, and we can't allow that to happen. Like, I can't allow the overcorrection to, like, less black people next year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, I'm gonna
0: make my last critique is, ultimately, like, I feel like black people are constantly being pressured to be the martyr for everybody's war and fight, and don't get me wrong, like, we have seen what happens when Black people have progress, when Black people are, are giving the advantages and privileges and prosperity and all that, so forth. It allows for other demographics of people to actually have those benefits as well, right? And it's just through the strides that Black people have taken. But I feel like constantly Black people are subjected to the pressure or bearing the responsibility of being everybody's martyr to their wars. And that's not fair to us because like, ultimately sometimes Black people are constantly also means sometimes black people are fighting alone in their own wars and battles and nobody's there right on the like right there with us through the beginning and the end to fight with us so to to bear the responsibility of doing that is not fair it's not fair right but billy porter is black and he is gay so he he definitely has the responsibility of raising awareness about the black and the gay experience No, i'm saying it's
1: like the whole like uh in order to like Like do gay rights people of all like walks really support the black community, or is it just the black gay rights people? So let's focus on the black community because at the end of the day, sometimes I feel like they want policies that benefit them. It's like the whole like minority legislations that really don't go towards black people; they go towards Latinx communities or they go towards poor white people. You know what I'm saying? Like it is something to being like specific. I think that we kind of you know I feel like you made a full circle connection.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that last part (laughs) that you said, but okay. (laughs) All I'm saying is Black people shouldn't have to bear the responsibility of being everybody's martyr for their wars. It's not, we didn't ask for it. We're not asking for it. We're probably not gonna ask for it. So don't bear that responsibility on us. Don't get me wrong, if we do it, it's because of we want all of us have that come up, right? But it's out of, you know, not extracurricular, not necessarily extracurricular, but it's not because it's a bear, it's a direct responsibility that we feel we have, right? It is just, it's something that we we f- have a calling to do. So stop trying to place that responsibility on Black people because ultimately it could create, it exhausts us and it creates a division between the groups. That's all I got to say.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it'll get better, bro. Like, I think as more people speak up, more Black people have voices to, like, express these things. I mm. think you'll see, like, people will be more aware of not trying to, like, say, what about us? You know what I'm saying? It'll be more like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, those are separate issues i think we'll get there especially yeah. with the whole What i was
0: gonna say this year i ain't gonna lie i felt like they was definitely overcompensated for like what's going on right now and then like the previous years i definitely got that and vibe, that's my so. thing
1: my thing is that's really like it, that actually explains it more it's like bro it's like they overcompensated and that's debatable maybe they didn't because i feel like it really wasn't that much of overcompensation but it's mm-hmm. like bro why is it that they feel so uncomfortable with having maybe one person nominated in that category, one white that person is nominated,
0: one white person, or not? Like, one we have one
1: person to have. At all. I'm saying, yeah, or none at all. It's like we have to keep these five white slides op- slots open. You know what I'm saying? And it's just yeah. like that's crazy, because like yeah. I mean, I okay, I don't want to feel like I'm like uh, trying to give these people excuses, like those like those actors for saying what they said, but I mean, the Latin population is like bigger than the black population in America. You
0: know what mm-hmm. I'm saying?
1: So, for that, have no representation, it is kind of mm-hmm. crazy. So, mm-hmm. I was, since I'm not about to fight your fight, I can acknowledge your fight and support you, but don't make it to where it's like, all right, now we got to tweet about that. You know what I'm saying? So, I get what you're saying, too. It's like, yep. I acknowledge it, but I'm not about to go. That's not my battle right now. I got my own stuff going on. So, don't <laughs> yeah. try to put us I room. think that's
0: ultimately it. It's like, I acknowledge it. I can raise awareness for it. I can support you fully. I can do what I can, but soul, don't make me so responsible for your strides you know because i still, race still have to, I, I still yeah the race olympics i still have to do my own steps to make sure my people are advanced my demographic of people are preparing propelling forward you know
1: there's room a for everybody to like like there's room for justice for everybody if you really think about it like mm-hmm. if you don't put people down you know what i'm saying it'd be easier for black people to support your cause but as soon as you start like comparing it's like you then it creates off, that uh, level
0: of division. You could create yeah. that level of division, and you don't need to be doing that right now if we're talking about advocacy. Especially for as all a
1: prominent color. person, like people mm-hmm. see you more than they see politicians. They know you're. And then words. it's
0: just like, and then it's also kind of frustrating because when they made those comments, I'll say this, and then we got to move on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: John Luz, Luz, Luzima, or the man who made the comment, is just kind of like, I've seen you in hella movies, hella movies, hella black films, right? I see black people constantly giving roses to you. Constantly shouting you out. Constantly lifting you He's up. He's in the moment, bro. And then you say comments like that. Same He's thing with the Dasha. Moment. Dasha, the like, like, people <laughs> constantly are just propelling you forward, talking about you, giving you your roses, hyping you up, and then you make comments like this. So, because... Yeah, I don't keep,
1: think they, yeah, bro, it's like, when you get mad and you just start, like, with your friend or whatever... You just start
0: talking off the dome.
1: Yeah, bro, but, like, this is too serious to be doing that. Everybody mm-hmm. needs to put their phone down, reread the message. Because once you say those things, you can't take it back. Now you we're can't, looking
0: at great and sure apologies that don't seem genuine or sincere. Yeah. That I mean, we're you might hate
1: along. other people. No, I'm joking. I'm
0: joking. <laughs> no, no, we're gonna move along. <laughs> we're gonna move along. Um, we're gonna do our last little, you know, little thing for today, and that is in the queue. So this is where we basically talk about some of the things we watch that you should be watching. Some of the things that are really dope: cinematography, costume design, story, whatever that you need to be having on your list. And you need to be watching sometime soon. So I'll start off. Uh I got a couple of things, but I guess I will stick with and I got a couple things, you know. That's some really good stuff out there, but I'll stick with my two two movies, and then if Shock ain't got nothing, I'll overcompensate for them. Um, so yeah, number (laughs) number one is I May Destroy You, and that's on HBO Max. HBO. And it's a show, it's really interesting. It's by uh, Michaela Coel. Um, she's the was the creator, producer, and actress in Chewing Gum that hit Netflix. And so it's really nice to see her starring in another role and a role which like a larger group of people can actually see. And it's a film that kind of centers on the possibility of, it centers on rape culture and sexual assault. So if those are triggers for you, that is a trigger warning. So definitely a great show, definitely getting to see her acting chops and just how people... Kind of like is raising topics of discussion in regards to sexual assault in the community, sexual assault in the, uh, the LGBTQ community, and also sexual assault experiences for black, white, and for black men, black women, and, and juxtaposition for white people and amongst gingers. So definitely check that out. Um, another thing I watched was a kid from Kong uh Coney Island you know I don't know I'm not a sports people I'm not a spurs, sports person mm. Shaka knows this He throwing out analogies to me all the time I don't get them right but I love a good documentary that's like
1: that's English language
0: not really but okay go ahead go ahead go off then but ultimately I like watching documentaries and I love watching documentaries that shine a light on prominent athletes that I you know didn't know to me details about them I watched a kid from Coney Island from Netflix and it's about Stefan Marbury, and that was a really, really great documentary, man. Like then the ending yeah. was just like Starberry. it was really good and it came together very well. So a kid from they Coney show Island. His
1: Chinese domination?
0: Yes, they did show his Chinese <laughs> domination. That was like the first off, I love the fact that like for I'm, this is a warning for the beginning for a good portion of the film, like you don't hear from Stefan. It's everybody else talking about Stefan. So from sports analysts to family members, to friends, to spouse, everybody's talking about Stefan, but you don't hear anything about Stefan until you get to the part where Stefan kind of like redeemed himself or found his peace. And that was in China. And that's when we actually get to hear from him. It sucks (laughs) that it was like the last 20 or 30 minutes of the film that we actually got to hear from him. But Mm -hmm. it was like, it made sense because everybody had their perceptions of him and his experience and who he was. And here is him in a good mental space being able to speak for himself. So I kind of get how they did that, and I really enjoyed it. Definitely need to check that out. A Kid from Coney Island on Netflix. If you have not seen it, it's worth it. Go ahead. You got it. I'm
1: going to be honest with you guys. Listen, uh, over this last two weeks, we've had a hard battle. we faced the likes of Liverpool, Manchester City. We've We've lost games to teams like Sheffield United. We ruined our chances to get young stars like Kai Havertz.
0: Just say you ain't got nothing that you and move a lot.
1: Two goals Olivier Giroud, Mason Mount. Chelsea qualifies for Champions League. So it's been a tough battle. I've been focused on that. I apologize to the film people, but you know, one thing at a time. NBA is back today LeBron versus Kawhi. Bro, I can't see on the screen because it's, like, my screen's out. So I like I'm just looking all over the place. But uh, in terms of movies, bro, yeah, I haven't really watched too much. I finally went back and watched all the Marvel joints I missed. Uh, <laughs> Captain Marvel. <laughs> so you see what I've been on. Uh, what else? I watched The Five Bloods. Have you seen that? I did see that. Uh, it, interesting. Very interesting. Um, me and Spike have a love-hate relationship. The legend. One of the greatest of all times. But, you know, the last couple of years, I have not really been a Spike guy myself. You know, Black Klansman, uh, Chirac. I do feel, though, that The Five Bloods is definitely him returning to some form. It's like a late prime push. So it it was pretty good, you know. I don't know, man. That's about it.
0: (laughs) Well, um, I got one more. And that's it. Overlord came out in 2018. It's kind of like a war zombie-ish type of film. Really great cinematography and story. Definitely check that out. It's on Amazon Prime. I came from Coney Island's on Netflix. And I Made It Show You is on HBO, HBO Max. So definitely check that out. Uh, yeah. There you go. All right, everybody. That concludes this episode of The Real Moving Picture Podcast. We thank you guys for joining us today. We appreciate you staying tuned for this long. And we promise we'll, we'll do our best to not have them long awaited hiatuses between episodes. But ultimately, we thank you. We appreciate you for being on this journey with us and staying tuned for all of our episodes. If you have not done so already, make sure you follow us on all of our socials at The Real Film Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Like our Facebook page at The Real Film Pod and subscribe to this channel, like this video, share this video, comment. If you got some suggestions of things that you would like to see, definitely feel free to comment below uh, in uh, in the comment section or DM us or tweet us. We will definitely reply and we'll try to insert that in our future episodes of The Real Film Pod. My name is Honesty Tajay. You can follow me on at Honesty Tajay. But my name is Honesty Tajay.
1: My name is Shaka, Shaka B on Twitter, Instagram. And uh, come talk to me. I talk back.
0: (laughs) All right. We thank you guys and we'll see you next time. Peace.
1: Yo.